Hi, Mama. Welcome to Ministry and Motherhood. This is your host, coach, and mentor, Lauren Apple. Here at Ministry and Motherhood, we want to see you step fully into your God-given ministry impact at home and in the marketplace. So let's get moving. Hey, ladies. Happy Thursday, because that's when this episode is going to be released. I am... I'm wanting to come to all of you today and kind of talk to you about something on a little bit more serious note. I know sometimes I like to keep it a little lighthearted and joke around and share my heart and my experiences, and I'm totally going to do that today, but I want to talk about something a little bit more intense and serious because I feel like now more than ever, God is calling his people to stand up to take on the anointing, to take responsibility for their callings and their purpose, and to get real and right in their relationship with God so that they can do the things that God has called them to do, so that the kingdom of God will be glorified and multiplied and grow in our homes and in our communities and in our neighborhoods and in our cities and our states and our country and throughout the earth. And God is getting us real serious, real quick. You know, this whole thing happened called this COVID-19 pandemic that, man, if we ever thought we had any sense of control, right? We ever thought we had any sense of control. God knew that in this time, in this place, here in the United States, that we would recognize how little control we actually had. I mean, everything that we thought was normal, everyday assumptions of what we could expect or appreciate or would consider to be things taken for granted were all of a sudden thrown awry, right? We couldn't find normal toiletries. Prices on things skyrocketed. Businesses were closing. Schools were closing. Workplaces were closing. Fear was spreading throughout the country, throughout the world, really, right? And we realized how out of control we have been all along. And in the midst of recognizing how out of control, God got real serious. And he reached out to his believers and he said, now is the time for you to recognize you no longer have an excuse than to stand up, get real and disciplined in your relationship with me. Take on the mantle of the things that I have called you to do, the authority that I have placed on you and live in it. Be it. Make a difference. Love. Show grace. Show hope. Speak my truths, speak my transformations, stand up and spread the glory of God. And that's what we've been doing. That is what we've been encouraged in. And yes, it has been a trying season. And yes, we have recognized times where things have been difficult. And yes, we have recognized the times where, man, it seems like our world is almost like thrown into chaos. But the thing that has stood the same throughout all of this is the goodness of our father, is the promises that he gave us a thousand years ago, right? Is the promises that are still true to us today are the dreams and the desires and the passions that he put in our heart a decade ago, a month ago, a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, whenever it was, those things are still true. 
God's transformation in our life is still true. Our testimony that he has walked us through is still true. And so God is compelling us, not just calling us, compelling us. Man, he's urging us with this persistent, loving, yet persistent, almost intimidating, right? Not intimidating in a negative sense, intimidating in man, God is so good. Man, God has so much power. Man, God has so much authority that he is pursuing us to pursue him. He's pursuing us and persisting in our lives deliberately determining for us that there is nowhere else to go, but then to take hold of the purposes God has given you and to live them out. And what does that look like? That looks like standing up and being the mom that you're called to be. Being present in your home and with your husband and with your kids. That looks like no longer making choices that are just dependent on your job or your finances or all the other things that we thought were the status quo. And then this pandemic hit and we realized those things weren't important anymore, right? It's no longer determining that, but instead saying, you know what? Now is the time to get my life right. Now is the time to make the choices and the sacrifices and the decisions to determine my future, determine the hope that is ahead of me, determine what God has in front of me and to go after it, right? Now is the time. And so that looks like, man, maybe there's some shifts happening in your business. Maybe you have all along felt this passion and compassion and dream and desire to have this kingdom impact in the lives of the people you serve. And maybe that looks like continuing your business the way it is, but serving a different market or being more bold about your faith or praying for your clients or discerning conversations that you can have as you serve. Maybe it looks like shifting completely and stop doing the tasks that you were doing simply just to make ends meet and make financial decisions and instead really shift to the dream and the passion that God put in your heart that might seem scary and risky because you feel unqualified or inexperienced or like you have no clue what that really looks like or what that really means or it seems like it's so against alignment of where you are currently. But maybe that's where God's calling you. Maybe it looks like quitting your nine to five so you can be more present in your home. Maybe it looks like homeschooling your kids and taking them out of the public school system, even though you always said, man, I could never be a homeschooling mom. Maybe that's what God's calling you to. Maybe it looks like getting involved in your church, volunteering, serving, leading a small group. Maybe it looks like starting that ministry, reaching after that social justice issue that you know is near and dear to God's heart and it's near and dear to yours, but you don't even know where to start. Maybe God is calling you to be obedient in that, to start somewhere, to take steps, to research, to connect with other people, to speak out about your passions. Maybe it looks like just being real and upfront with your faith and encouraging people, even if you're afraid of saying the wrong things. Maybe it looks like being bold in your social media presence and talking about the goodness of God. Maybe it looks like sharing your testimony that is scary and you still feels raw to you of the transforming work God has done in your life. Maybe it looks like 
choosing to sell all those things that aren't important anymore, to get yourself out of debt and to pursue missions or whatever it is God has placed on your heart. It could look like a million things. And I don't want to pretend to believe that I could tell you exactly what that is for you. But I, I would be willing to bet that if you're listening in right now, that there is probably something in your heart that God has already shown you. Yep. This is where he's calling me to be obedient. This is where God is calling me to shift or to move or to pivot or to do something new or to take steps of faith in. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's what that looks like. And if that is, I just want to encourage you today, but I also want to give you a real strong warning, okay? A real strong warning of what disobedience could do in your life and in your ministry and in your home. What could that do? Well, I have been reading through first Samuel and, you know, talking about the story of, you know, how Samuel was anointed as the king, right? He actually didn't want to be anointed as the king. He was actually hiding when they came to anoint him and choose him right in the midst of all of this. And they had to go find him and say, nope, Saul is the one I want to be the next king because the Lord had told, you know, Samuel that. Hey, the, go ahead and give them a king if that's what the people want. If they want a king, go ahead and give them one. And that's where they anointed Saul the king. Even though that wasn't the Lord's original intent or desires, he gave King Saul this anointing, this mantle, this place of influence and favor and impact because he trusted Saul and he trusted what Saul was going to do. And he believed that Saul was going to hear him and follow him and be obedient to him, right? He believed all of these things that Saul was going to follow through with. And so he ended up anointing Saul. And we see Saul walk and, and listen to the Lord and follow through on the things that that God has called him to do. I mean, he defeats the Philistines and he goes through all of these, these paths of these things, right? And you see some choices here and there that he makes that aren't necessarily, right, um, the best decisions to be made as he follows through in some of those things in, in 1 Samuel 14, right? He um, he makes an oath, right? He makes it an oath because he was exhausted, it says. Let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening before I have full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything that day. Even though they had all found honeycomb on the ground in the forest, they didn't dare touch the honey because they all feared the oath that Saul had taken. But Jonathan didn't hear his father's commands, right? And so he dipped the end of his stick into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. This is Saul's son, right? And after he'd eaten it, he felt refreshed. And now, and But one of the men saw him and said, your father made the army take a strict oath that anyone who eats food today will be cursed, okay? And so it goes on and he discovers that it's Jonathan and Saul says, you know, even if... um. It means that this was wrong. Even if it means that you don't kill Jonathan, then you must kill me, Lord, right? And so he built this altar to the Lord and, and they did all these things and they chased the Philistines and, and whatever. Uh, and it continued on and God was good and God was faithful and he, God still allowed him, right? God still allowed Jonathan to survive, right? He still allowed Jonathan to be chosen and to not have to die or be punished. And so it goes on. Okay. So then that happens. And then Saul comes back 
The people had rescued him. They didn't put him to death. Then Saul comes back and begins to have military successes, right? He defeats all of these enemies. Um, He increases his command. He increases his kingdom because he's defeating all these people, right? In every direction that he goes. The Philistines and Moab and Ammon and Edom and the kings of Zobah. Wherever he turned, he was victorious, it said. And this is in 1 Samuel 14. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amicalites, saving Israel from those who had plundered him. All right. And then it goes on and he defeats. And God tells Saul, he says, okay, Saul, I want you to go out and I want you to defeat the Amicalite nation. Right. He tells them, uh, go destroy the entire Amalekite. Amalekite. Okay. I'm not great at pronouncing all this grammar stuff. So you can just go on with me. Go destroy the entire nation, the men, the women, the children, the babies, the cattle, the sheep, the goats, the camels, and the donkeys. All right. Can God get any clearer here? Go destroy all of them. And I know that hurts my heart when I think about God telling us to destroy babies, innocent babies, and and women, and all these people who are innocent, right? That aren't really part of the bad choices that the kingdom had made or whatever. But regardless, God's command was very clear. It was very direct. It was black and white. It was clear as day, right? And he said to defeat them all, the entire nation, don't spare a single person. Don't spare a single animal, defeat them all. And do you know what happens? Saul says, okay. And he sends out his 200,000 soldiers and is from Israel and his 10,000 men from Judah and Saul and his army go to the town and they wait in the valley and they send the warning to the, the Kenites that are next to them and just telling them, Hey, you were protecting us with Egypt and we came out of Egypt. So go get out of the way so that you don't get defeated. And he goes and he slaughters the Amalekites. But in the midst of that, what does he do? Does he defeat them all? Does he take over the entire nation? No, he spares the king's life. King Agag, okay, he spares his life. And then the soldiers decide to keep the best of the livestock. Okay, the best of the sheep and the goats and the cattle and the calves and the lambs. Actually, it says in scripture that they kept everything that appealed to them, everything that seemed good to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. So you can recognize here that Saul was disobedient. Yes, he went and he was victorious and he, he defeated this nation. But in the small things that he thought could be compromised, he was disobedient. He decided to spare the king's life. He decided to save the livestock. And later on, when the Lord speaks to Samuel and says, man, I wish I never sent, I never made Saul the king. Because he has not been loyal to me and he's refused to obey my command. When the Lord said this, later on when Samuel goes and talks to Saul, Saul says, well, they only kept the best so that they could sacrifice them to the Lord. But here's what I want you to catch is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your intentions are or your heart are when you're disobedient to the Lord. If God has made it clear and you know the directions of the Lord, even if your intentions are to glorify God with the things that you're disobedient in, you are still being disobedient. And what does God do in this? God goes and rejects Saul. He rejects him. He tells him, man, 
Saul is no longer going to be my king. He's no longer going to have my blessing. He's no longer going to have the authority and the throne that I have given him because the Lord is the one who gave it to Saul in the first place, right? And because the Lord gave this anointing and this favor and this opportunity for impact and influence to Saul, entrusting Saul in the midst of Saul's disobedience, the Lord took it away. The Lord took it away. And you know what happens in this? What happens in this is not God's plans getting faltered because you mis- make a mistake or you disobey. No, God has plan B and plan C and plan D in place, right? But if it were me, I would want plan A to exist because I want to live out the fullness of what God has for me, the fullness of my anointing, the fullness of my favor, the fullness of the purpose and the plan that God has put in my life. I don't want him to have to go to plan B or plan C or plan D. No, I want him to stick with plan A because I want to be obedient to him and live out the anointing and the favor that he has given to me in order for him to be glorified. And because Saul was disobedient, he lost that throne. He lost that place. He lost that influence. He lost that impact. And in the midst of this, recognizing that he had been rejected from the Lord, what does he do? He knows. He knows later on down the line. I mean, it's a while down the line that he recognizes that David is going to be the next king, right? That this is the next king that the Lord has anointed and has given favor and blessing to. And what does Saul do? Saul goes on a manhunt to kill David, here is, ooh, I'm getting really excited here with my heart movements. Here is a man who the Lord entrusted, the Lord anointed, the Lord blessed and gave favor to and lifted up on a throne as a king who made some choices to disobey the Lord out of his own desire to want. And it actually said later in scripture, it said that he wanted to please right? He wanted to please the people. He was afraid of upsetting the soldiers and the people by not allowing them to spare King Agag and spare these livestock that, that appeal to them, right? To keep the, this livestock. No, he wanted to please them. And so in his desire to please people, instead of pleasing the Lord, he lost that anointing and that authority and that mantle that God had placed on him. And then he goes out and tries to take that mantle from someone else. He tries to destroy the plan that the Lord had for somebody else in order to continue on the blessing and the favor that the Lord had for his people. When we act out of disobedient, out of disobedience, when we act out of our own selfish motives, when we act out of trying to please people instead of pleasing the Lord, we can very quickly find ourselves in a place of no longer having anointing or favor or blessing, no longer having the mantle of the Lord placed on our shoulder. And instead we end up as an enemy to God's plan. We end up so far removed from his purposes and his fulfillment that we are then standing in the way of other people living out their own anointing and plan. 
Now we know the story. David still ends up king, right? Saul gets his wits around him and recognizes through David's obedience and David's humility and David's bravery and courage in not killing Saul. Saul recognizes, man, I have been so wrong. This is who God has blessed and given favor to. And I need to be obedient and give him back this mantle and this opportunity. And so Saul does that. We know the story, okay? We know how it ends up and we know God's plan is still going to be faithful. We know it's still going to be accomplished. So I don't want to say that and you being disobedient or you failing or any of these other things that God's plan is not going to be fulfilled because it will. God is greater and he knows the choices. But in you being disobedient, the cost is that you will get your anointing and your mantle and your favor removed. Now, I'm not saying God can't still use your life. I'm not saying that God's not going to still give you opportunities to glorify him and to use your gifts and opportunities of redemption, right? And being redeemed and having new new opportunities and new ministry and all those things. Yes, all those things can happen. But if we stick to being obedient to the Lord and being accountable to him more than we're accountable to anybody else, it allows us to stand in the fulfillment of what God had for us in the first place. It allows us to experience more opportunity, more impact, more influence, not for our own selfish motives, but for the favor of the Lord, for the goodness of God, so that the purpose God had given us is actually being enacted out. And so I want to challenge you right now. If God is calling you to do something that is scary, that might not make sense. If God is calling you to do something and has been calling you to do something, and you've been making little compromises here that you think are no big deal, that you think, um, actually gives you more opportunity to serve the Lord, or you think in your own mind or perspective that it gives you more opportunity to glorify God or to give back to him. Like, let's say, God is calling you to give this much money or to only make this much money in your business. And instead you're allowing yourself to make more so that you can tithe somewhere more, or you can give to this ministry somewhere more And your intentions might be good. But if that's not where God is calling you to, and you're not being faithful to the words and the obedience that he has called you to, you're missing out on the anointing and the favor and the blessing that God has for your future and what he's calling you to. So I want to challenge you, get really hard, good look at your obedience to God of the things he's calling you to. Are you all in fully obedient or are you just like one step in one step out, right? I'm in here when it's feeling right or it makes sense. But when it starts to get difficult or I start to struggle, I'm going to just put another foot back when I get too much resistance from other people or too much pressure from other people, I'm just going to step back over and not be fully in on the obedience, right? I was obedient when you led me to lead the armies out and to fight the battle. But when my own people kind of turned against me and put pressure on me, then I kind of went back and I wasn't going to be fully obedient. Do you get what I'm saying? We, we weigh this line, we waver over this line so often that, yeah, we're all in with God when it makes sense and when it's easy and when we can feel the favor and the anointing. But when we get that pressure, when it gets difficult, when circumstances change, we're back over here 
on the other side of the line, saying we love the Lord, but not really living in full, obedient surrender to him. So I want to ask you, where are you today? Are you standing on that line? Do you have one foot on one side and one foot on the other? Are you fully in surrendered obedience to the Lord? No matter what he asks you, the specific things he tells you to do, you're going to do it to the letter with no compromise, trusting and surrender, regardless of the pressure or the expectations of other, you're going to do it. Or are you over here that, yeah, I'm going to do it, God, and I feel it. And when I feel you with me, I'm doing it. But when I feel you kind of leaving and I, and I feel your presence not as strong and, and I feel so much pressure from everybody else, that's when I'm going to step back. Where are you making compromises? In your business, in your finances, in your personal time and disciplines, in your relationships, in the way you serve others? Where are you making compromises? And where have you been afraid to keep stepping out in obedience because God is calling you to do it? And I know there's so many of you here right now listening in that God is calling you to take a very scary, risky step right now. And he's been doing it all this past year for so many of us. He's been calling us to step out and to be bold in the things that he has called us to step into. And if he is doing that in your life right now, I want to challenge you to be all in surrendered, obedient, without compromise, with full integrity of the things he's asked you to do and do it. Go after it. Don't cave in when there is pressure. Don't cave in when circumstances change. Don't cave in when it seems hard, even when it seems impossible. Surrender to God. And that is where when your back is up against the wall, when it seems completely dark and hopeless, that is where God is going to come through in the most miraculous ways. And you are going to have the most beautiful testimony of the ways in which he's going to use you. So do it, ladies. Be obedient. Go full force. Make the choices that might not seem comfortable. And hey, if you're here and you're in this place where you're like, man, I feel like God is calling me to be obedient, but I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know practically what steps that requires me to take. If you feel stuck and unsure, if you have been doing life at status quo, going through the motions, taking care of your kids, making ends meet, doing all these things that, that are busy and chaotic right now, that you haven't even had time to get the clarity or the wisdom or discernment or revelation that the Lord has for you of what this next step looks for you, looks like for you. Well, Hey, that's something I can totally help you with. That's actually something that I love to do. And that God has given me this great gift of discernment and insight to be able to speak into people's present reality and give them practical steps, how to go from where they are towards where they know God is calling them to be obedient and how they can get more clarity and insight and revelation as they take those next practical steps. And so if that's you, if you're in that place, I would love to give you a completely free clarity call with me, a one-on-one -on -one session where I can help you recognize what is one next step you can take so that you're not stuck anymore so that you're not frozen so that you aren't in this place where you're like, man, God, I'm just so unsure, but I know you're telling me to do something. I know you want me to be obedient. And so you no longer are disobedient. So you can take immediate actions of obedience. I would love to do that for you. So if that's you, 
shoot me an email at lauren at laurenapple.org. I'll also put in the show notes a quick link to my calendar that you can set up a completely free clarity session with me. I would love to be that part of that to give you that next step so you can find the freedom in the obedience that God has for you. So you can find the next practical step to take so you don't have to be disobedient anymore and you can stand over the mantle of authority and favor that the Lord has for you today and in this season. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. I would love to partner with you. Reach out to me anytime if you have any questions or want someone to simply walk alongside you as you go on this journey of having a ministry impact in your home and in the marketplace and going after those God dreams that you know were meant for you. Just keep moving, ladies. Praying for you. Cheering you on. Have an incredible week. Thanks for listening to Ministry and Motherhood. We're praying that today was an encouragement to you. But more than that, inspiration to just start taking action. Want to learn more? Join our Facebook group called Ministry and Motherhood or check us out online at laurenapple.org.